0: My dear heart never thinks you are better than others. Listen to their sorrows with compassion. If you want peace, don't harbor bad thoughts. Do not gossip and don't teach what you do not know. Die inside this love and rise in spirit. Die, die and cut the ego's rope that hold you in your prison. Take an ax to the wall and dig away out of the prison. Die, die before the beautiful king. You will become mighty this way. Die, die and rise out of this cloud. You will shine like a glorious moon. Be silent, be silent, for the silence is the sure sign of death. From your silence, life will trumpet louder than sound. So along with wake up, wake up, now we'll go die, die.
1: <laughs> Dying to wake up, all right. Sometimes I could just, we always make jokes about, why don't we just read a book for the whole class or something, because those poems really get it going. Mm-hmm. But But we never do. Not to say we will today. <laughs> I guess it's just to keep things more present. But if anything, the books are always a wonderful reminder of you know, what we're really doing on this journey and this, this pathway of Sound and Light that we're sharing of here in ILM. If anything, it's always good to remember, what are we really doing here? Why do we come to ILM? What is ILM really about? What are we sharing here? What is our purpose? What is our focus? What is our intention or longing or desire? And you know, really that's up for each of us to really come to know for ourselves. All Jim and I can do is really share here what it is we're doing. And if that lines up with what you want and the direction you're going and what you're doing in your life, then hey, it's working. If not, then it's called keep looking for that alignment and see where your energies flow. But it's always good to remember what it is we are doing here in ILM, this pathway we call the way or the path, the sun and the light. In India or the East, they call it Surat Shabda Yoga, which is simply the yoga of sound and light or the yoga of the sound current. This pathway of soul transcendence, of inner awakening and merging where the soul becomes one with God. You know, but it's also looked at as the path of liberation, the path of freedom of the soul, where the soul is liberated of the karmas of the physical world. And when I say physical, I mean all the worlds of the body, the imagination, the emotions, the mind, the unconscious, the subconscious, all of it. It's getting liberated from all that. So it's everything. No matter how you look at it, it's all one and the same action, but it can be described in many different ways. And that's all we attempt to do here is simply to describe the action of the soul awakening, of the soul liberating, of the soul returning and reuniting in that oneness with God. Even the word yoga. It's so funny because people, when they hear the word yoga, they think, you know, doing physical body postures and exercise and breathing techniques. That's not what yoga is. Yoga is a word that means union. That's why in the East they call this shabd yoga the union with light and sound, the sound current. So we're describing really that greater action of the union once again with the soul with God, with the soul with its creator. But in that journey, there's us first awakening to the soul, awakening to the truth of who we are. And that's why we always focus our attention at the seat of the soul. Right here in the physical body, that's the seat of the soul. That's not the soul. It's just the seat where the soul rests as it is in this physical consciousness. So we want to focus and awaken to the soul of who we are. And as we awaken to that soul, then the rest of this journey (coughs) of sound and light, this pathway of the soul's return or yoga or union with God now, where the soul from here in the physical consciousness at the seat of the soul now begins that journey of return. Just like, we as a soul walk through this world and this physical body from one place to another. So we're doing the same in meditation, the same inner journey where the soul is returning on a journey now moving back through this world and the astral world and the causal world, the mental world, the etheric world, and back into the soul, back into the kingdom of God from which it came. So we're simply in that action of now returning of returning. That's it. Just the action of the soul returning back from which it's come, back to our true home in the realms of spirit. Not in the realms of time and space, but the realms of spirit. From the physical creation to the spiritual creation. So remember, that's what we're doing here. Because just like anything we do, just like coming to a class like today, we can just kind of get in a routine. You know, it just becomes a habit. Oh, what do you do? Well, I go into class because that's what I've been doing every week for years and years. You know, hearing all these words about spirit and whatever. But remember why you're coming to class. Remember why we're doing what we're doing. Remember that. Because it's important to always come present, to always be conscious, not to go into automatic habitual routines because that's of what the animal nature does, not the soul. The animal nature is based on routine and habitual patterns. That's what this world is all about, is repetition, learning patterns. The animal nature is is fun because on a lot of our travels, Jim and I sometimes, we haven't in a little while, but we used to when we had some free time, whenever we'd go to different cities, we'd like to go to the zoo. You know, just uh, it's just relaxing and peaceful. But yet there's activity, watching the animals, you know, uh, moving about and doing what animals do. And you know, it's really funny because every single animal, regardless of the species, would always have this habit, especially when it comes feeding time. They don't have clocks, but I'll tell you what, they know when the meal time is getting close. They will start going wherever they are in their environment, whether it's a smaller cage or a bigger one. They'll always start going to that door or whatever where somebody would come to feed them. And we'd like watch the polar bears, and they'd go back and forth and up against the door and rise up almost like they're knocking on the door, waiting for the door to open to get their meal. And then they'd walk away and come right on back and walk away and come right on back. And it was in every every creature. I mean... Even we do that as humans, you know, around mealtime, around whatever time, there's that animal instinctual nature that just has its habits, and will go back and forth, regardless if we're like at a zoo and we just have that small environment, whatever that is, or here in the world. Yeah, it seems like we've got a big environment, this whole planet, but even on this planet, we're still in a cage. We're limited, really, with what we can do, and even in the limitation, we still just walk back and forth back and forth over this planet, just through our instincts, the animal nature. It's just amazing to watch. If you haven't done that, go to a zoo or something and hang around long enough, especially around mealtime, and see and watch the response, what goes on in there. There's just this amazing nature of the, the animal and instincts and all. And it runs in this human body as well. Sure, maybe we have a higher form of being able to think and have more conscious awareness. But the body is still part of the world. Even though the soul inhabits this body, it's still part of the world and it has its patterns and instincts and the way it functions here. And sometimes it's good to pay attention to that and find a way to move with the habits or the animal nature of the body rather than trying to resist it or change it It's funny, I'm going to say a crude one for a minute. I don't know how many times I've seen like owners of dogs, you know dogs when they clean themselves, always licking themselves. I don't know how many times I've seen owners, stop that. You know, it's it's like, what? That's part of what happens, right? How many times do we tell ourselves that when we're busy licking ourselves and cleaning ourselves? Stop that. Because what? We're judging it somehow. We're judging the animal nature and what goes with it. But you know, If you want your physical life to be easier, well, then understand how the physical operates or works or functions and then find the flow and the rhythm and go with that to find a greater ease with the physicality and the functioning of that rather than always fighting it. Because that's really where our struggles are. Even if we're on a spiritual journey and we're having Problems meditating and there's always so many things going on. That, that's not spirit. We don't have problems with spirit. All the problems we have are just our instinctual natures and we're struggling with that animal nature. And being multidimensional, having the mind, the emotions, the imagination, and the body to deal with, there's all these different parts of the animal and, and physical nature that are always at odds and struggle with themselves. But if we can begin to just understand the flow and the function of those things, that we may be able to find a greater way of allowing or participation with acceptance. And then life starts to get a little easier. And believe me, when life's a little easier in this level, that's often when we find it a little easier to do our meditations. So that's what I'm talking about, is this, in a sense... I'm saying the same thing when you hear Jim say, taking responsibility for your thoughts and feelings, your actions and reactions. I'm just saying the same thing that you hear Jim say all the time, just in a different way. That's all I'm talking about. So do that. Take care of those things. If you're struggling doing the meditation, well, just be aware of these other parts of this physical self that are also important to take responsibility for. But... We can even use, instead of the word responsibility, how about just taking care of? How about just taking care of these things? What is taking responsibility anyway? I look at it just as taking care of these things. So take care of yourself. Nurture yourself. Love yourself. There's a spiritual action. Is in the loving of yourself as you're taking care of all these responsibilities that go with this body and this world. And that's where we begin to find the greater ease when that happens. And the wonderful thing is when we begin to move into that, not only is there an ease, but all of a sudden we're more okay with it. In other words, we move into greater acceptance. And with that greater acceptance, all of a sudden that grace just floods through us. And then we actually begin to have gratitude for our lives. And that's now when we experience more the loving just pouring in us and through us. And when that loving moves, no matter when, whether it's in meditation or just any time of the day, that's where we find ourselves now beginning to really wake up more to the divine, more to the spirit of who we are, even in this physical body. So take care of yourself in this world because it does assist. But don't make it the priority. The funny thing is, if you focus too much on it, making it the priority, you'll kind of not focus as much on spirit because you're so busy trying to take care of this physical consciousness. It's kind of that little fun game we have in here where, where that phrase of let go and let God. We say, why not let God and let go? So in other words, focus on God first because when you do that, you move into the loving and then the nature of loving takes care of all these other elements. That's the key here. The loving is really, one, the true essence of who we are. But in truth, it is only the loving that can truly care for all these other elements. Because this world doesn't know loving. This world doesn't really truly know what taking care is. It knows survival. If we look at survival as taking care of ourselves, okay, this world knows it. But if you get the gist of what I'm saying here, it's a different element, a different essence, a different action in the way that we want to really move spiritually. So in order to take greater care of even this physical consciousness, we want to take care to place God first, to really spend that time inside Focusing on God, loving God, loving the God that we are. Because any time we move into loving, I don't care what you call it, loving the world, loving your neighbor, loving yourself, loving God, if you're doing loving, that is God. No matter what you're focusing that loving on, it's God because it's loving. But the easier way of doing this is going inside in this action we call meditation, and really loving God within and allowing God to love you. That's the greatest, easiest, simplest, purest, clearest, freest action or movement of loving that we can participate in in any realm of consciousness, any realm. And when we do that, then we get the greater fullness and benefit all around Because that loving will benefit us even in this world. Even in this world, the loving will benefit us. It'll help to take care of us as we participate and allow it through every realm of our experience. Because loving in its nature is caring, is nurturing, is responding. And that response ability, that's the response. The ability to respond comes from the soul, comes from the loving, because that's the truest form, that's the truest essence of who we are. And that's just what it does. It is who we are. It is what it is. And as we do that, we'll find it easier to nurture and to love all of our physical consciousness. When we awaken into the loving, the loving just loves. So that loving is going to love the mind of who we are, the ego of who we are, the emotions of who we are, the imagination and the body, the animal nature of who we are. And we all love to be loved. So we just need to move into the loving that we are and allow the loving to love all of us, to love all the different parts and aspects of self here. Just remember that. It's so funny because these days, and I have for years now, I didn't used to until I woke up more. I used to struggle so much. Now, anytime time I find myself moving into the littlest bit of struggle, I'm like, all right, let me move into the loving because in the loving there's no struggle, and that takes care of all things, including the struggle. So as soon as I start moving into any kind of little struggle or something inside of me, I just take a break and go meditate get myself back into the loving that I am and in loving God. And as I do that, all of a sudden everything just lines up inside. I get peaceful. I see that purple light and I feel it just moving through me. That sensation of peace and that slight pressure just moves through me. And when that happens, that struggle that I was in even moments ago is just gone. I literally feel, and I know many of us are feelers and I'm one too, I literally feel it as an energy just drop away. And then I'm just feeling the peace. And then when I'm in that, I find myself now, even my thoughts lining up of what I can do in the loving to take care of whatever this situation was that was creating the struggle inside of me. And I realize it's that simple every time. And it doesn't mean I always get the answer, information-wise, how to handle things in the world. But I realize I don't even need to anymore. All I need to do is move into that peace and loving. And it gets worked out. Sometimes I get the information of what choices or things to do to take care of situations. And other times I move into the peace, and then the situation just drops away because there's nothing for me to do after all. In other words, sometimes it's better to do nothing. Because sometimes when we do something, what do we do but create more of a mess? But how do we know when to do something and when not to do anything? I never know until I come into the place of peace and loving inside of me. And in that, there is the knowing. And in the knowing, there is where we are taken care of. We just have to come to that place of loving, of knowing, of spirit, of peace. That whole thing, peace be still and know that I am. It's funny, just this morning when Jim and I were talking, I'm going, isn't it funny all these little phrases we have and we're always spouting them off and telling each other and reminding each other and reading them in books. They sound so wonderful. But do we ever really take the time and just really move into the understanding? That's a nice thing to do, to contemplate these little sayings and phrases and poems and whatever in these wonderful books we have. But then not only to contemplate them, but then to really let them go and move into our own experience of meditation, of living life. Because it's only through that that we're really going to wake up to even the understanding of what all these wonderful phrases are. I just had an experience myself this morning in meditation around that whole phrase of let go and let God. And then as I did that, I let God, and then all of a sudden God moves me through things, things I would rather not experience. That's the other funny thing. And then in that experience I go, oh, maybe that's what it means to be of this, to be in this world, but not of it. Isn't that interesting too? All in one experience, these two little phrases, I'm going, wow, there it is in our own personal experience. Is where we wake up and come to know. So since I'm mentioning that, I want to share just a little bit of a simple experience this morning in my own meditation to kind of give an example of what I'm talking about. In my meditation this morning, as I went inside in meditation of holding my focus at the seat of the soul and chanting that sacred name of God, moving into that centered peace and watching the purple light, just being with that, that sensation on the head and moving through the body, all these things that are pretty common to most of us in one way or another we experience all the time or from time to time. And in holding there long enough, I was able to move out of this physical experience and into another realm where I found myself flying upwards towards God because that's always my intention. So often when I move out of this physical consciousness, I find myself always moving upwards towards God. And then in that movement up towards God, I've had many, many, many of a day where inside of me I'm, I'm going to God, I'm going to God, and I am determined, and I will push and push as far and as fast and as much as I can. And every time, well, not every time, but 99.9% of the time, I can go so far, and then all of a sudden it's like I run out of steam. It's like, how come I can't get there? And then when I get to that place where I realize I can't make it happen out of my own volition, my own will, I go, all right, God, I surrender, and I let go and let God. But we always do that, don't we? We will push and push and push to do what we can to make it happen because that's what we want, even if it's God. We want it, but we will push to make it happen And it just doesn't happen that way. And then all of a sudden, when we finally come to the point when we realize that we, in our own self-will, cannot make it happen, we finally give up because we don't know what else to do. And that's the good news. Is when we finally give up, in other words, we surrender and say, Okay, God, I give up. I surrender. I don't know. I can't seem to make it happen. Man, I have been trying and trying and trying, but it ain't happening, so you know what? I give up. I turn it over. I give it to you. I surrender. Oh, the hell with it, man. I just don't know anymore. And as soon as you do that is when you really let go, not just say it or pretend, but really do it. Then all of a sudden, in comes Spirit. Literally, in comes Spirit. And then all of a sudden, Spirit now lifts us and now takes us because we literally are sitting in the hand of God. All we finally have done is given up our struggle and control and now allow God now to bring us and move us and to lift us through all things. And now here's the other big key here. First is that letting go, that surrender. But then also understand and realize God is going to bring us Through all things, all things that is a part of our journey to move into that greater union with God. So in other words, we have yet these experiences, these lessons, these karmas, or like we like to have redefined karma now, our stuff, all of our stuff, not only in the world, but in the astral realm, the causal realm, the mental realm, the etheric realm, all that stuff of time and space... Realize that on this journey, whether you surrender or you don't, you're going to go through your stuff. But when you do surrender and turn it over to God, God's going to bring you through it. And going through it means also going through all the yucky stuff. But it's amazing. Because it's funny, in my experience this morning, when I just let go to God, all of a sudden, the first thing I do, it's almost like an about turn where all of a sudden God brings me down and then over to this amazing dark gray cloud like the storms of the world. And here it is, God bringing me through the darkness, the storms, the negative stuff, all the stuff we want to get away from, right? I don't want to go into that. I'm trying to go home to God, not going to all this crap. When I turn over to God, what does God do but bring me right to it? Why? Why? In the world, would God do that when we're trying to get liberated and free of all this stuff? Well, there's the answer right in the question. Why would God do this when we're trying to get liberated and free of all this stuff? Because God is assisting us to get free and liberated of all this stuff. And how does God assist us to get free and liberated of all this stuff? But to bring us through all of our creations, all of our lessons, all of our karmas, all of our stuff in loving because it is that loving with God that as we move through it that we get free and liberated. So the very things that we resist and avoid and deny, the things we want to just totally move away from are the very things that we will go through. Here's the key to go through To get free. See, the nice thing is, you don't have to make yourself go through it. You don't have to liberate yourself. You just love God and surrender to God. And then God, in all that loving that that is, will bring you through in loving all the darkness and the karmas and the struggles and the stress and the challenge. And that's how you get free of it. That's how you learn the lessons is by moving through the experience so that you see and understand what it is. The difference is, is that you're doing it in loving and letting go rather than creating and getting buried in it. This is where even phrases like resist not evil. So in other words, when we're trying to avoid and get away from it, it's actually a state of resistance. But when we turn even the resistance to God, then all of a sudden when there's no resistance, we now all of a sudden are free to move through it. The difference also, though, is not only that we move through it, but we are not of it. We may be in it, but we are not of it. Where before we were of it because we were now creating it and partaking in it. But when we're of God and we are partaking of God, then God will bring us through it We're not it that we're going through. We are of God that is going through all the stuff. Is this making sense? I'm trying to put a lot of different words on here to describe it so it's very clear if I can. But this is what happens on this journey. And it's important to understand this because all of us go through the challenges and the struggles and all the stuff we want to avoid and not deal with. And so we're always in the state of struggle and resistance trying to get away from it to go to God. Well, we need to simply go to God and let go of trying to resist all the other. That's what I'm saying here. But let God bring you through it. Because when God brings you through it, you get free. You get liberated. You learn the lesson. You have the understanding because you move through the experience but you move through it now in freedom and detachment rather than being attached and caught up in. That's the difference. That's why as we walk this journey it can look the same whether somebody's initiated on this path of sun and light and getting the soul liberated or somebody who's creating their karmas and going yet into the world to have experience. It can look exactly the same physically and imaginatively, emotionally and mentally, but it's a very different action because of where we are coming from within ourselves as we're moving through it. So as we move through things in loving, we're getting liberated. When we move through things in judgment and fear, or creating more of our own physical experience through our own willpower, then we're just getting buried in it. And that's part of the journey of how we got here. But then when it's time to reverse gears and get out of here, We've got to go back through that stuff that we created. And the only way to get free, though, is to go through it, but with loving, acceptance, forgiveness, and allowing God to bring us through it. Not of our own willpower, but, Lord, Thy will be done. And God's will is loving, and the loving will get it done. In truth, that's the only thing that does. But the funny thing is, The soul is one with that loving. But in this realm of time and space, we appear separate from that. We're an extension of that, but we don't even realize that, that we're even an extension and one with that. Just like Jim is always saying, one day we'll wake up and realize we never left the heart of God. We just haven't woken up or realized that yet necessarily, but there will be a day we do. But until then, just be aware there's going to be the appearance of separation, And the appearance of all this negativity and darkness and evil and bad, it's just part of all the appearances. But if you understand that's how this world operates, you go, oh, okay. Well, right now I'm experiencing separation. And that's okay because that's the experience that goes with this world. So you surrender. You allow it to happen. And I know so many people, including myself, you know, years ago and learning all this, that when we come up against or move, begin to move into these dark experiences, we will go into reaction and fear and start to shut down, thinking we're going the wrong direction. And that's understandable, but that's why I'm sharing what I'm sharing today, to realize that we even need to surrender to the darkness. Resist not evil, so surrender to the evil, surrender through the resistance, because guess what? God's in and through and behind all of it anyway. So regardless of how you look at it or say it or approach it, well, you're going to find God through it all anyway, because no matter what direction you go, there's God. We just have to allow ourselves to experience God in all things, including God in the darkness, God in the illusion. God in the separation, we have to allow ourselves to experience all that God is in all things. That's when we become one with God, because God is in all things, so we got to allow ourselves to experience all things, including the darkness and the fear. So the next time the fear shows up, welcome it, say, "All right, come on in!" Or let me come into you." But you do it with awareness and you do it with loving and you do it with acceptance. When you do it that way, you're free. When you do it that way, it cannot control you. It cannot have power over you. Isn't that what we're scared of anyway? That it will control us and possess us and take us over? That's a lot of what it is. But it cannot do that. That's the funny thing. Yeah, we can be, buy into the appearance that it will do that. And maybe temporarily it'll feel or look like that. But again, that's just the appearance. That's what the illusion does. Then you go, all right, I see the game. You know, I'm going to play a different game now. Let's play the God game. Isn't that the goal of every game is to get to the end? And then, when it's a race, who gets there first? but we're still all going to the same place, aren't we? We're all still trying to get to the end. What do you think we're doing in this world? We're doing the same dang thing. It's just a big game. It's just a race. Who's going to get there first? Then after a while, when you learn the game, you have a little fun. You know, draw one of those cards of chance. Oh, go back two spaces. <laughs> go directly to jail. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Okay? It's all part of the game. But you know, when I was a kid, whenever I didn't like the way the game was going, I would just throw the board up with all the pieces and let everything fly everywhere. Game over. (laughs) Well, guess what? We can do that. We can do that. That's what we're going to do anyway. Eventually, when we get tired of playing the game of life in this world, just toss the board up, man, with all the pieces and let it fly. Just let it fly. Say Ain't playing this game no more. I'm going to start playing the God game. And then the rest, then this game becomes a joke. And then you start to have fun. And it's actually kind of silly, kind of a funny place. But when you move into that frame of reference, it's because you're really now waking up to the greater truth. And that's where we want to go. That's what we all want to experience. That's who we really all are anyway. We're just in the journey of coming to that realization. That's all we're doing is in that journey of realization and awakening to the truth of life itself, of spirit, of loving, of the divine, of who we are and all that God is. So just remember that this pathway of sun and light is everything. It is all of life and everything encompassed into that. And we have a very specific goal or direction or desire or end result if you want to reference it that way and that is simply for the soul to once again awaken in the knowing of its oneness with God. That's it. All the rest is the journey. That's all it is. The journey, the path. Let's take off journey and path and then what is it? It's not the path the sun and light. It is just simply sound and light because that is what you will experience when you awaken the truth of who you are and your oneness of God. It literally, truly is just sound and light. That's it. There's no experience. There's no creation. There's none of this expression of God. It is just a beingness of God, and all that is is sound and light. And all we're doing or are on is that pathway into the sound and light. Yes, it's a path of sound and light, but in truth, it's a path into The sound and the light. I guess we're going to have to rename it. (laughs) The path into the sound and light of God. So, that's just kind of what I wanted to share today. It's just a reminder. And just to remember to always remind yourself what you're doing, why you're doing it, what it is you want out of this, why you come here. And it's up to you to live that to the best of your ability, to the worst of your ability. Who cares what your ability is? Just live it, whatever that is for you. And it's going to be different for each of us. Yes, you hear our suggestions, our recommendations, like two and a half hours a day, tithing 10% of the day. Yeah, we say that for a reason, but don't make it a rule or a law or a have-to, because then it starts to now beat you up and get in your way and you run all the game of the world on yourself. Any of the time that comes up, just be loving. Love yourself through it all. Love the world. Love the games. Love it all. Love the guilt. Love the shame. And it transforms everything. And that's why we say over and over, this path is a very simple pathway. Because it is just loving. That's it. It's just loving. It's all there is. Amen. (laughs) Your turn.